There, there was a time back in the day, there was, where most folks believed that the Earth sat at the center of the solar system, and maybe even the universe. This theory, supported by observation and mathematics, held that the Earth was still in, was still sitting in the center of it all, and that the sun and the planets, they all orbited around the Earth. This idea of a geocentric universe was put forth by the ancient thinker Ptolemy, and though it was not accepted by everyone, it was the dominant model for understanding the cosmos in European thought until the 16th century. Then along came Copernicus and Kepler and Galileo, and their scientific research revealed that the Earth wasn't at the center of anything. (laughs) They came to understand that it was not the sun that rotated around the Earth, but that it was, in fact, the other way around. They discovered that this fragile Earth, our island home, in fact, orbited the sun. And along with all the other planets of our solar system, a fundamental shift happened in our understanding of the universe with this new revelation. This paradigm shift meant that we went from understanding our solar system as geocentric with the Earth at the center, and came to understand it as heliocentric, with the sun at the center of the solar system. The funny thing is, is that you could argue that this scientific discovery did not really change anything about the way that the average person lived their daily life. Folks, they still had jobs to do. They still had people to care for. But on another level, the change came to be seen as being deeper than just a fascinating scientific discovery, and instead began to have a huge metaphorical significance. This so-called Copernican revolution came to be seen as bigger than just astronomy, but spoke to our understanding of our place in the universe. Before, folks believed that the Earth was at the center, and thus, humanity was at the center of everything. And now, well, not so much, right? We no longer had pride of place in the center of it all. And in time, we came to understand that our little solar system resides at the edge of a medium-sized galaxy that is just one of countless galaxies. This change, it impacted the way that we think uh, about ourselves and our place in the cosmos. Not only do we understand, uh, not only do we understand the world differently, but we understand ourselves differently after this Copernican revolution. This scientific discovery that the Earth orbits around the sun brings with it 
psychological, philosophical, and even spiritual significance. Perhaps surprisingly, nothing is quite the same for us after this discovery. And I bring this up because it speaks to me about how there are times in our lives where nothing seems to change, but then something happens that changes everything. Perhaps, for instance, we go on a trip and we see the world through the eyes of another culture. Life all of a sudden seems richer, more complex, more unsettled than it had before. Or we meet someone who becomes a friend or a partner, and what they have to teach us means that our, li- that our lives can never quite be the same again. Having a child is one of the things that comes to, to mind in my own experience. When each of my children was born, I was struck by the realization that the world plugged along as if nothing had happened. When in point of fact, the world had totally changed. The world was brand new and the world would never be the same ever, ever again. And I want to say to you this morning that for the first followers of Jesus, when Jesus died and was raised from the dead, a new world came into being. For those first followers, the old world was no more. The old world died. When Jesus died. The old world ceased to be. For them, when the world killed Jesus, the world in fact killed itself. But when they discovered that the tomb was empty, they came to know that the new world, the new life, was already emerging. When Jesus appeared to them alive, though he had died, and offered peace and forgiveness and hope, then they understood that the light of God's new dawn was appearing on the horizon. When Jesus was present and revealed the significance of the scriptures and and broke bread with them, then they knew A new creation was being trumpeted, shattering their old lives, shattering the old world into pieces to make way for the new. For those first friends of Jesus, Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, it was the gate through which the whole cosmos goes from one reality to another from death into new life. They understood what Jesus meant when he said, I am the gate. They understood his life, death, and resurrection as the threshold into freedom and liberation and hope. For them, 
Jesus' death and resurrection changes everything. Everything. The world might look exactly the same, but it had, in fact, changed. It was a new day, a new world. It might be easy to think that the death and resurrection of Jesus was something wonderful for him, right? And maybe wonderful for his followers. Maybe a bit of good news in a dreary and depressing world, but just that, a bit of news. But that is not how they saw it. For them, this good news announced that a new world was already beginning to come forth. And they started to to strive to live in this new world that was coming. And we can see a snapshot of this new life in our lesson from the book of Acts this morning. Those who had crossed through the gate of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection by the waters of baptism began to live completely changed lives. These folks now devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to the prayers. They performed wonders and signs that announced God's coming reign, God's coming new creation, and they shared with one another. They held all things in common and shared with anyone who had need. Their lives reflected the change that they believed had come into the world. Now, I want to admit that this was probably uh, a pretty idealized picture the book of Acts presents today. It may be just a little too perfect, frankly. But the intention is a genuine one. The intention is an honest one. The world had become a new place, and now it was time to live like it. And of course, for us who have gathered here this morning, we too are confronted by this life-shattering good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We too have the question put to us by the Holy Spirit, we too are asked how we might live in response to the new creation that has already started to dawn. We often think that the resurrection of Jesus tells us something about what happens to us after we die. And this is true. Just as death no longer has dominion over Jesus, so too death no longer has dominion over us. God has freed us from death's power. It doesn't have the last word or the last say. But because this is so, that freedom is not just about what happens to us after we die. It is also about what happens to us in our lives. The resurrection is very much about our lives in this very moment. Jesus says in this morning's gospel, I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. And in this way, Christianity is not so much about dying 
and getting to go to heaven as it is about dying to self in this very moment and then living in such a way as to reveal that heaven has already come near. For the first disciples, this new life looked like a life of of radical solidarity, a life that reflected the justice, peace, mercy, and hope of God's new creation ushered in through the resurrection of Christ. And I wonder this morning, I wonder how our lives might look if we were to live more and more fully in the light of the resurrection? How might the life of our community here be better shaped by this life-altering, world-changing good news? For we have been freed to live no longer under death's power, but rather to live in the freedom of God's love revealed and made concrete in Jesus. We have been liberated to live lives of reconciliation and transformation. We have been freed so that we may have life and have it abundantly. God's new creation has already begun to emerge in the invitation is to live into this new creation now. Amen.